Hey folks, Brenzor here. Hey, listen, you know, I love providing content for you. I really do. It's, it's enjoyable. I have a good time doing it. I, I feel like you're enjoying it because I get a lot of comments and I get a lot of messages and I get a lot of people saying, Hey, this is, this is awesome. I really like what you're doing. Keep it up. So listen, if you can support the show, I'd appreciate you doing so. Head over to the Facebook page. You'll see the link on Anchor. Click on it. If you want to support the show, go for it. Donate a buck. Do what you got to do. I appreciate it in this weird time. But if, you know, if you do and, um, you know, I get enough support, I could start uh, maybe uh, leveling up the show production a little bit. What do you think? All right. Well, look, if you want to and you can, I'd appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I'll leave it at that. Go to my Facebook page, <laughs> Brenzor's Dead on Facebook. You'll see the link at the top for the Anchor site, which is anchor.fm forward slash Jason Dash Brenner. Boy, that wasn't a mouthful. Anyway, go over to Facebook. You'll see it. Click on it. There's a support button. Support the show. Dunka. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, folks. Here we are. Again, you and me, we're, we're doing this thing again, and I couldn't be happier about it. Boy, oh boy, am I happy about it. Yeah, can you, can you hear the sarcasm? Can you? Can you feel it? If you read it, would you understand it? Is there a font for it? There should be. Well, well you know, it's another day. We're doing another show. It's a thing. It's Brenzor's dead. How about that? All right, show over. Oh man, I'm telling you, I don't, I, I, how you doing today? How are you doing? Because it's all about you. It ain't ever about me. Trust me. It's all about you. How are you? We dealing with it? We, we doing okay? It's been a while. <laughs> We've been doing this thing for a bit. Yeah, and I got a feeling it. Uh, it's going to go on a little bit more. Uh, longer than maybe we anticipated. I don't know. That's my feeling. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Certainly not the president. He doesn't know, but he thinks he does. For some weird fucking reason, he thinks he knows and he doesn't. Trust me, he doesn't. If you don't want to listen to me, listen to the scientists who uh, are kind of saying the same thing. Listen to them, folks. Don't listen to the orange buffoon. Listen to them. Listen to Fauci. Listen to Burks. Listen to Dr. David Agus. Good folks. They're trying to help. They're trying to do the right thing as opposed to the absolute wrong thing, which is uh, opening up the country at an arbitrary date for no apparent reason other than he just wants approval ratings to go up. All right. The political. Gross. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm just annoyed today for a couple of reasons. One, and you know what, I, 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 seriously, if you're a Trump supporter at this point, I, I just have to question, like, where the fuck is your head at? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> you know, I try to always be fair and go, well, I'd like to hear the point of view, but I'm done with that. The guy is a dick. Oh, he's such a monster, you know? I have ultimate... I. Okay, just go watch episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And just every time you hear that line, absolute power from uh, the guy known as the Emperor. Yeah. 
just think about it for a moment. I mean, when this dirtbag gets up in front of the podium and he says he's got the power to do that. No, he doesn't have the power to do the, uh, I'm sorry, whatever he said, the absolute, you know, right or power or whatever the hell he said, go back and watch it. It's all over the, all over the place. Yeah. I just don't get it. You know, he didn't want to be the guy responsible for closing everything down. He didn't want that on his, on his name tag, right? I'm Donald Trump. I closed everything down. He didn't want that. No. So he left it up to the states to do it on their own with really not a lot of help from the federal government because they just said, yeah, you're on your own. (laughs) Literally. You're better off doing it on your own, whether it was get supplies or close down the, the local economies. You're better off on your own is what he said. Something to that effect. Let me put it that way. Because someone's going to go, it's not exactly what he said. Well, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of it. Now, because Johnny fucking narcissist wants just to uh, have every kind of everything uh, good beyond his name tag, his resume, his CV. He says he's going to reopen shit and it's his decision. (laughs) I I don't understand it, folks. I don't get it. Just from a logical standpoint, the guy is a lunatic. He's a narcissist. He's a lunatic. The Vince McMahon thing the other day. I, I still think this has got to be fake. <laughs> I still think it's got to be fake that he's bringing on Vince McMahon. I Please uh, tell me. Like I asked on, you know, I'm like, please, someone tell me it's fake. And everyone's like, nope, it's real. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> Great. Uh, it's so good. I don't, I don't get it. There's this little uh, chart going around online. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it because I'll, because I'm just, I'm annoying myself and I'm already annoyed today because I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute. Hang on. So there's this chart going on, going around, not going on. See, I'm all messed up this morning. It's going around. It's that little, uh, it looks like a little pyramid of news stations you know, that shows these ones suck, these ones are okay, and these ones are good, that one. If you haven't seen it, quite frankly, I highly recommend it. And and I'm not, I didn't make it. I don't know, uh, I don't have any personal stake in you looking at it, but just look at it to educate yourself on what you're actually hearing in the news and what information you're taking in, for Christ's sake. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you exactly where I get my news from on a daily basis, Okay. I get it from NPR, I get it from CBS, I get it from NBC, I do get a couple uh, notifications from uh, uh, um, uh, Vox, uh, I get quite often, it just pops up. I mean, I don't like put too much into it, I read it, you know, but for the most part, I get my stuff from, let's just say, the New York Times, CBS, NBC, NPR, or, or pretty much where... When I see those things, I go, it's pretty legit. Well, guess what, folks? Guess where they are at the top of the pyramid, right? In the, in the range that says news, it's just news. (laughs) It's not biased. It's not unfair. It's just news. That's where I get my stuff from. Okay. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I I don't get it from anywhere else. I really don't. I don't, I'm not a big fan of, uh, CNN, um, because I know they have like some, uh, opinions that leak into their facts. <laughs> I just, I don't like that. I just like the facts. And then I make up my own mind. That's all I do. I read a thing. I go, huh, 
okay, I read it. And, and it seems to be from a credible source because it's quoted and they show pictures and they have news clips and they have video. And I don't think this video and the, the, and the images have been doctored in any way. But again, that's just me. And I get it and then I go, I read it and I look at it or I watch it. And then I make my own opinion. Christ. But I'm, I'm looking at, and, and then if you look at the bottom of this pyramid, and, and bo- by the way, just to be fair, on the left and the right, there's a bottom on both sides, folks. It's not just the bottom goes to the right. No, no, no. The bottom goes to the left and the right. There's shitty news, news organizations for both sides, everyone. Just so you know, it's on both sides. But if you want to get the, the most out of your life and get like the most real information, go to the top of the pyramid, right? That's where uh, Apocalypse lives, the top of the pyramid. He doesn't live at the bottom. He lives at the top. Okay. Ugh. Anyway, I'm annoyed. Here's why. A, and this isn't political. This just pisses me off. Hey, guess what? <laughs> guess who has two, his, two kids, lives in a house, and has four people living here, and ain't getting any stimulus money? This guy. That's right. That's right. Our entire household does not qualify for stimulus. And I'm going to tell you something. 2019 is a lot different than 2020 for us, to be totally honest with you. So, um, yeah, we can use it just like everybody else can probably use it. So could we, and we ain't getting shit. 0.0 is what we're getting. So I'm annoyed about that. Very much so, mind you. Um, you know, and here's uh, honestly, like we're we like everybody else right now in the uh, I'll just say America, probably the world. You know, you're looking at your finances, going, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's be careful. <laughs> you know, and we're doing the same thing. And right now, I got a one of the one of the kids has. Okay, we have the the two kids, right? I think that's pretty well known by now. They're both in school. They're both doing distance learning, which requires a computer. All right, cool. So we try to have them have their own little setups down there. Well, one of the setups sucks. It sucks. And the other one's all right. It's pretty good. The other one just sucks. It's a piece of garbage. It's one of those computers where it was brand new. You take it out of the box and immediately, and I kid you not, Hewlett Packard fuckers. I kid you not. Well, the other one's HP too. and, And quite frankly, the computer I'm on is HP and they're all fine. But this particular one, you get it out of the box. I, I swear this was the case. And then you go to do an update because, you know, everything needs an update out of the box, right? You go to do the update and it goes, oh, not enough memory for the update. You're like, what? Well, I, no, brand new. Brand new computer. Not refurbished, not brand new. Open box, plug in, turn on, set password, make username, do update. <clears throat> not enough memory. <laughs> Okay. So now, you know, when I go to log on to the, to the, to the kids meeting for class is conference call. You have no space enough to run thing for a kid to get smart. (sighs) No stimulus money coming here, folks. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, also, um, I think I have the coronavirus. So I'm annoyed by that. And here's, here's why I say that for like a month now, 
and I'm being ridiculous because I think that's it's a very horrible thing that's you know, sweeping the nation. Um, but I've had like this, and I'm getting annoyed with it. I've had like. I don't know how to explain, like a dull pain in my chest. That's the best way I could, a dull pain in my chest. That's the best way I can describe it, right? I had a little bit of a cough, but I haven't had any fever, right? None. So there's that. So yes, then my logical brain goes, dude, you don't have the coronavirus. You've not even had a fever. But I got this weird dull pain in my chest. That like when I breathe, it's like, okay, <coughs> see, there you go, coughing. I should have muted it, but I didn't because I wanted you to know. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know what it's like? You ever uh, you ever been in bad smog and you take in a deep breath and you go, oh, it hurts. Have you ever had that? I, or it used to happen all the time down here. I don't know why. Maybe because the air was just horrible. Um, that's what it feels like. Okay. Anyway, so I've got that. And it, it just hasn't gone away. So that's annoying. Secondly, last night at two, I think it was 2.25 in the a.m. Now, look, some of you might be thinking like, yeah, 2.25, I'm up, I'm doing, I'm up playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, cool. Neat. I was asleep. I was in bed. I was dreaming. And then I get this. I don't know if you can tell what that is, but it's... It's me tapping on the mic, just like my dog was tapping on my face. Just tapping on my face. And, and you know, to her credit, she let me know shit's coming out. Shit's going down. Shit's coming out. Whatever you want to say. <clears throat> Get up, dummy. I got to go outside, is what she was saying. Okay. So, get up at 225 get downstairs, take her outside. Yep. Mission accomplished. No problem. Thank goodness. And you know, I, I'm not mad at her because what are you going to do? She can't just go to the bathroom and use the toilet and like a person. No, she relies on her master, her owner to help her out. So like a good owner and master and lover of my little pretty, pretty princess. Oh, went outside two 30 in the morning. Spend a little time out there, came back in, can't go to sleep. I am one of those folks that if I get up and I just, I'm up, I can't go back to sleep. And I'm not going to get up and do stuff. I'm not going to get up and start cleaning pans and I'm not going to play a video game. I'm not going to read a book. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm going to sit there and stare at the ceiling until I try to fall back to sleep. That took at least another two hours. Um, because I remember seeing 4.30 tick off on my little, uh, clock that I have shining at the ceiling. Those are neat, by the way. If you don't have one, highly recommended. Highly recommended. You just lean back. You're just looking at the ceiling anyway. Might as well see what time it is, right? You don't have to. I mean, you can move it around so it's not staring you in the face, but it beats having to like look over or, you know, lean to your left. Who wants to do, who wants to lean to your left? Just look up. So yeah, I'm annoyed and I'm tired this morning because when, you know, 6.30 rolled around, you know, well, we're up. So I'm up. I'm tired. I'm already tired. It's, it, I swear, it's 9.09 a.m. and I'm fucking already tired for the day. <sighs> so on the show today, here's a guy 
you know, his hair competes with my hair, and I'm not going to lie, it pisses me off, but I respect it because he has good hair, all right? But where we don't compete is in the kilt area because he wears one, I don't, and this guy wears it like a pro. Talking about Phil Lacefield, folks. You know him. I think you love him. I do. I think he's a good dude. And I haven't even known him that long. He's a good fella. I like him a lot. So uh, sit back, listen in. We talk about all things uh, Corona. (laughs) Like you didn't see that coming. (laughs) It's Phil Lacefield on Brinzor's Dead. internet man <laughs> what now hey, no, no, well, it, this is take two phil lacefield how you doing buddy i know right man it's like a zombie apocalypse is going on or something it's like there's some sort of horrible horrible virus that's uh gripping the planet right now it's as if our economy is in free fall meltdown but uh, other than that mrs lincoln how was the play <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I am hanging in there. I um, uh, I I think this year on my income tax for the first time ever, I'll be able to claim the status of homesteader because I'm um, uh, I've put up a chicken coop and uh, <laughs> I'm about to go out and tear out at least half of my backyard and turn it into more vegetable garden space than we already have. Well, this is where we're heading, right? I um, mean, you know, let's face reality here. But- <laughs> I don't know how long, how much longer like Costco is going to be there for me. You know, (laughs) I mean, I hope long-term because, you know, I'm a big fan, but at the same time, I I think we need to be a little self-reliant. You know, we grow herbs and vegetables, but you know, I don't have chickens. Fortunately, you know, fortunately my wife's a a country girl. She grew up on various farms. And so uh, she, she knows the juju that I don't. I'm a city boy and I raised rabbits for show, uh, you know, in 4-H and whatever, late 70s, early 80s when I was growing up. But other than that, I mean, I'm just a dumb steel town boy. I don't know any of this stuff, but I'm making it up as I go along. And and I've had chickens before and man, I miss my chickens. It's now I got uh, five chicks who are out in under the heat lamp right now in the garage. And I'm going to get you you have you have little baby chickens right now oh, yeah. you don't have you don't have cockadoodle do root no. it's a rooster but i don't know um no, you don't have, have um, wouldn't have roosters anyway they're they're too noisy and and they make uh they make baby chicks and i just want eggs so we got nothing but girls so all right so when when can we expect to have the um phil lace filled let's just call them kilt eggs let's just do it because uh, i think that's i just named your company six to right? eight weeks yeah they're they're coming they're coming on okay. uh, Friday, I pick up three more chicks. They're uh, uh, Giant Jersey Blues is the name of this breed. They're apparently chickens the size of Doberman Pinchers, so I, I can't wait to see one. Jesus. Yeah. So wait a minute. Yeah, you're picking these up. What, what What's what's the routine like? Because I want to hear that you're in lockdown, you're in quarantine. What's what's oh, what's no going way. on? What's the routine right now? So so I put myself in self-quarantine the minute I got back from uh, Gamma Expo, and that was... Oh my God, it feels like three years ago, but it was like like a month ago, three weeks ago, maybe. I mean, yeah, pushing a month. Um, Mm -hmm. It'll be four weeks this Friday that I got back and I put myself into immediate 14 day quarantine because 
when this all started really bl- well no because let's face reality we yeah. came back from what was the final trade show to happen anywhere in the united states of america mm-hmm. we were it it was the last convention to be everything after that has been canceled um right should and have been so, canceled by the way but that's I just mean, me well you know again at the time given the information that we had and that gamma had it it it, 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 it they were right on the hairy edge and they're like look we're taking all the precautions that's required. Let's see what happens. And, sure. and to, be, to be fair, also the the feeling at the show was: look, most of us have been on the road so much for the last four weeks. We've been to New York Toy Fair and Nuremberg mm-hmm. Book Fair and Book Expo. You know, we, and and some of them have been to all three. And so now they're the. It was kind of a laissez-faire attitude, you know, if we're sure. exposed and well, let's have it, another drink. It was at the very beginning, but there were, there was information that was leading to everybody should just be a little like, eh, I don't know if getting on a plane right now is the right move, you know, right. and people and, were pulling out. And people know. did pull out. There were 20, I believe 29 was the final number of cancellations, 20, 27, 29. But it is, it, it's a, it's a tough call to make. I get and it that. Is a t- oh yeah. It's absolutely yeah. a tough call. I mean, it, PSI it's easy for me to say, because I'm home. Because you're home. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was a really tough call and I get it. I had to have that, that conversation, you know, where, where are we at and what will we lose and what will we gain? And again, at the time it, it made sense, right? It's, it's early in the process. We're following all the recommendations. The pepper mill was phenomenal. They had uh, a hand sanitizing station about every four feet. So you couldn't possibly miss it. They were super precautioning already, even then with, you know, masks and preventative gear and stuff. So they were on the ball and we all felt, we all felt secure, you know, other than the red balloon stunt on Monday oh, at lunch. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. Otherwise it was great. I mean, here I am for the, the two days of the actual floor opening. I'm handing out hot, fresh slices of bacon. If I'm, anybody's going to be a plague bearer, it's going to be me handing out hot meat on the floor of a tree. Okay. okay. Let me, let me stop you there oh, for a yeah. moment. Cause oh. I want to back up for a second. I oh. want to, I want to make sure this picture is painted accurately. Okay. So first of all, Phil, you were at the time at Gamma, you were with, you were there uh, as a distributor. Correct. Right? Golden distribution. Yes. Right. And if anybody doesn't know, Gamma is the retailer, publisher, distributor extravaganza that happens every single year. Um, It's a great show. I mean, I've loved it. It's been really good um, to organizations I've been with and I really enjoy what they do. And now they're, you know, they, it's been taken over by a couple of new folks and um, they're doing a great job by all. Fabulous fabulous job. Yeah. Good. I I, I see nothing but good news being spread, you know? Yep. Yep. Really good staff on Gamma right now. (laughs) So you, so, and, and Gamma took place literally, I would say at the onset, not of coronavirus, but at the onset of people going, oh shit, yeah. like this is a real thing. It was March and- 9th to 13th in in Reno uh, were the dates of the show. And so the California lockdown started while we were there and uh, other limitations were only just starting literally as the show was ongoing. We were, we were hearing reports every hour of right. something new. There were people that were in the air at the time going, well, my company has said we shouldn't go. And it's like, well, we're in the air yeah, on the oh way yeah. to the show. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what do you do? Yeah, you one know? of them was uh, uh, Ross Jepson from PSI. He mm-hmm. was in the air on his way down from Edmonton when the PSI staff turned around and went home. 
And he didn't know that he was the only man manning the PSI booth until he landed. And they said, hey, guess what, Ross? We're all staying home. You, you, this is on you. And he did a great job. You know, make no doubt about it. You know, I heard a couple of people talk about Ross and he was just he was all hands on deck. And, you know, Ross is not an easy guy to miss. I mean, he's 9 you know, 11 on a good day. You know, he's, that's you know, what I'm saying. He's like 11 and a half he's feet tall. right next to us. He was just to our left uh, at the Golden Booth. And, and you know, we were high fiving each other all day and, and just watching. Watching him work was was just a treat. The thing is, is the show itself was phenomenal because it had a vibe unlike any other Gamma Expo or Gamma Trade Show that that has ever been. And I've been to almost every one of them. Uh, the the whole vibe of the show was kind of a uh, everyone shrugging and saying, "Well, we're here. Let's just have fun." Uh, yeah, right. three of the three of the four distrib- three of the six distributors attending backed out before the show started. So I was one of three distributors. I had I had the the world is my oyster at that point. Right? It was fun. Mm-hmm. Great, and we did hand out bacon. That was the shtick of the of the show: was come by booth seven one seven, get some free hot bacon. Then the pepper mill provided me with a a pound a pan, uh, fifteen pounds worth of pre cooked, nice thick sliced bacon straight off the buffet line. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing that you wouldn't get if you went right down to the buffet. And uh, as soon as it ran low, they whisked me in another one, and I stood there with tongs and an apron, handed out bacon. I saw a lot of the photos because I, I did not attend Gamma this year. I was actually going to go. I was on the docket for for being there. And, you know, when all this stuff started going, I just really reconsidered, you know, sure, and sure. like, you know, like whatever. Um, so in, in any case, but I got to ask you, all right, because this has been something that has been on my mind and, and you and I have not talked about this. Let me be clear, give but this, me, give it to me. this has been on my mind for a while and I like you, Phil. I think because I've worked with you very briefly, I but I think you're just, you have good ideas and all. Do you think the bacon thing backfired in any way? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. No, so- at, given the time and the, 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 the space that you were in at the time, I don't mean physical space. I just mean right. like, you know, with the virus and all that kind of there stuff. There was an ongoing the- plague and I'm handing out <laughs> meat in the booth. I, I understand where you're coming from, right? And that was, that was a concern and a question. And so what, we have to back up to the origins of this story, right? So the Go last four years of the Gamma Trade Show, I have put up these these cool posters uh, and and banners and slides on the big LED screens that are around the, the hall. Some are column and some are landscape, whatever. And usually they're just white space with a tiny bit of text in it, which blinds everyone instantaneously. Right. So they can't <laughs> miss my logo up there because it's nothing but white space. <laughs> this year I did the same ads again. I just animated them with bacon. So there was actually bacon coming in and out of the animation sure. and and I, there's a coupon book that comes in the with the show and last year my coupon said come by booth 717 to get a free thing and in parentheses i said the date the, the deadline for the ad uh, art is today and i still don't know what i'm giving away yet but come by it'll be something cool i don't know maybe bacon and so at the 20 at the 2019 show folks are coming by with their coupon going is is there bacon is, is there real? No, there's no baggage. It's a joke here. I had a notepad. And at the end of the show last year, John Stacy, who's the executive director of Gamma, he and I were standing around and he says, so what do you think you're going to give away next year? It's pretty cool stuff. And I said, I don't know. Uh, bacon? And he, he's <laughs> and then Brad and I, he says, well, the catering manager, Debbie's right over here. Debbie, step over here. I want to introduce you to somebody. And 10 minutes later, the deal was done. It was just like that. And um, 
it took actually several months for the pepper mill to figure out what to charge me for it because a pan of bacon isn't actually a, you know, a menu item. And so they had to get the chef and purchasing and accounting and everybody involved. And yep. I thought, man, you know, they're going to put plus plus on this and it's going to be a, a small fortune per pan. It was very reasonable. It was $145 per pan. That's not bad. And that's a big, like, so lest anybody understand, this is, bacon. It's this is one of those, when you go to the hotel breakfast and you, you go to the buffet or whatever you do, and you see that big giant silver deep dish platter with the lid on it, yeah, that, and it's dish. full of 18 pounds of bacon. That's what he's talking about. 15 pounds. turns out that's what they, they had to figure out how much one of those pans holds. Cause usually are you serious? It's 15 just, pounds. It's 15 pounds. They, they had to weigh it because they, they didn't really know. They had no idea. They just cook bacon and throw it on the buffet. They don't really count and figure out how much it is. But it turns out that a standard chafing dish holds 15 pounds of this lovely thick cooked bacon. And they said, uh, they assigned me a person from the staff who, uh, who just kept an eye on it and kept the, the plates and napkins refilled. And as soon as it got low, she ran down there and grabbed another one and came right back with a fresh pan. We went through 10 pans, uh, in the two days of the show. Um, okay, but, by uh, my it, math, by my math, 10, pa- 10 of those pans at 15 pounds. Yeah, if you yeah. carry, if you multiply, yeah. And you do the zeros and the ones. Yeah. I believe that comes out to like 148 pounds. That's a, we gave away one Jennifer Lopez worth of bacon. <laughs> Turns out we gave away a J-Lo worth of bacon. But it was phenomenal. It, it yeah. just was a, the vibe was so fun. And yes, people were precautioning. There were already some masks present and some very sure. gloves and whatnot. But we were very careful. I was, you know, I was also very safe and clean. We had a, a hand sanitizing station right next to the booth. Um, but then like the Saturday, right before the show, Don Reitz from Chessex drops me a line f- from at home and says, Hey, uh, I'm getting ready to get on a plane, but I was digging around in the warehouse and I found this sack of D six. It kind of looked like bacon. You want them? Yeah. All right. Bring them on over. So he brought them on over. We gave away a, a bacon D six. Um, we also had bacon stickers for those who are non-pork affiliated or vegan. Sure. What have you, you got a sticker, but it, it turned out everybody got a sticker because we had plenty to go around. And uh, the, the, the cream of the crop was that last year when I first started talking about doing this, Phil Reed from Steve Jackson game stepped forward and said, dude, I'm all in. How would you like a, oh, I don't know, a munchkin bacon promo card? Yeah, sure, that would work. And so sure enough, they came up with the art and they made up for me. And I got one of them left over here, 500 uh, with bacon. And it is a munchkin promo card. And the I hear the cello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Munchkin, it, it's it's a Munchkin promo card. It's legit. It's plus one treasure. It's plus five to a monster. Play during any combat to add tasty bacon to one monster. If the monster is defeated, draw one extra treasure. And the art is a gazebo covered in slabs of bacon. It's so it just was Phil. So Phil's a stellar individual for for a start, right? Oh, I mean, no. he's he's a good guy. So he they made this for just for your promo. Yeah, just for me. That's that's right. I even I, like, I love hearing that. I like. like I went in. How do I help? I said I don't know. What do you got? He says, Well, how about a, how about a bunch of purple bigger? Nice. And so, yeah, at the show, Phil walked up to me and said, Here you go. Here's here's a brick of uh, the only ones in existence. I still got a few of them here. I gotta <laughs> figure out what to do with these things. But yeah, it's it was everyone was all in and it was tremendous. You know, exhibitors were coming over and getting bacon. No problem. I'll feed my family. I don't care. Uh, and it, it just was a tremendous time. Now. You know, in hindsight, man alive, did we dodge a big old bullet. Holy mother. It just, wow. Yeah. It's astonishing that nobody got sick combined with the, the hot meat and the red balloon stunt and all the other stuff. You know, it's it's astonishing that nobody has, has again, knock on wood, has come back sick from, uh, from Reno. 
I think people from the Winterino, and again, I'm saying this, you know, in a very cavalier fashion, but I think they might be out of the woods in terms of problems that may have stemmed from that show. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know? Like I said, I, I, I hope I came know. home and immediately put myself on a 14 day quarantine. It hadn't been issued for Washington state yet, but, uh, I said, no, I'm, I'm not leaving the house. If, if, if anybody's going to be a plague bearer coming back from this show, it's the guy who was handing out the hot meat. <laughs> and so, so I locked myself down. I've been fine. And my family's been fine and all that. Um, How'd you, I mean, what, like I know it's kind of been talked about online, but I really haven't talked about it on this show too much. Um, but like the balloon stunt, I mean, oh, I, I, God. I don't, I, I, my, I have personal feelings on it. Like, first of all, I think the guy did some reading on the dude, Bob, whatever his name was. I don't know. I don't even want to give him a plug to be totally fair. Um, you know, I did some reading, you know, he's the retail doctor. He's going to fix your, your store and all that. And again, while I was not there and I got this information secondhand from a variety of sources. So I feel like a lot of it's legit, sure. you know, it was the, um, he used a lot of awful stereotypes. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's a bit of backstory on this for those who weren't there. And, and also a bit more than that. I spent almost eight years on the board of directors of Gamma back way back when. So I, I have a deep and, and abiding love for the Oregon and, and I think it's great. I think the current staff is literally the best one in the organization's history. They are doing things that is unbelievably good for the industry. So kudos to them and John Stacey who's the executive director and, and what have you. What happened was that they brought this guy in from outside the industry, which has been begged for. You know, the various retailer attendees and others had been had been just straight up begging for years. Will you please get us in a quote unquote professional kind of guy from you know outside the hobby game industry who won't stand here and tell us what his store is all about, but maybe can give us new insights and and some sure. new, you know new which way. theoretically is a good call because right, it's somebody right. it's fresh it's fresh ink right. Right. And somebody from, I think, Hasbro Wizard, somebody like that, I'm not, I'm not sure, suggested this guy. And he has stellar credentials. He's been speaking for years. Mm -hmm. He's been very helpful. He gives these great seminars. And and so they looked at his things and they reviewed his stuff. They reviewed what he was going to talk about. Everything everything seemed fine. And and it was, you, everything seemed fine by fine. And this is going to be great. And the, the his speaking was at the opening of the event, which is a, an all-hands lunch on Monday of the show. So technically before the show really opens, but he was the opener. And, and you walk in and, and again, the pepper mill had been taking great steps to, to keep everything clean. They had all the food already on the table and had those metal shiny covers over every single plate. They'd never done that before. Uh, that was right. the way they were trying to, you know, keep down. They, normally it would be a buffet, but they didn't have enough sneeze guards or something. I, I <laughs> so they tried it this way and it worked. But you go in, you sit down and anytime you go to one of these seminars or whatever, there's always that junk on your seat. Right. There's a program, right, right, right. there's a free notebook, there's an ink pen, there's, you know, whatever mm -hmm. garbage you're going to give you. All that was present. And then there was a red balloon, an uninflated red balloon. And a chill went down my spine. And I thought to myself, oh, God, he's not going to do the red balloon gag, is he? Oh, come on. No, and it, it takes a it takes a professional horse trader con artist to know a professional <laughs> horse trader con artist. I, I'm, 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 so, I'm legit. I know where I stand. I know what I am. I'm, I'm so you, you, you were familiar with maybe what was coming. I knew exactly what was coming. It's a well-known public speaking trick. It's a stunt wherein at the end of the thing, you tell everyone to inflate the balloon and blow into it and you hold it up next to your head. And, and the speaker tells you that, that, you know, the chances are you're going to leave this, this hall today and forget everything I've told you. And it'll go away like the air in this balloon. And 
and now release your balloon. And everyone, you know, a thousand <laughs> balloons flying around. And everyone chuckles. What the point of this, the point of this bit is that it, it helps the, the audience remember. You're telling them, oh, you'll probably not remember this. Then you have a thousand balloons farting around the room and everyone remembers exactly that thing. And so all suddenly it solidifies all of the, the teachings he's taught you in your head. And I knew this was coming and I couldn't find any staff members to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you, have you checked this guy's actual speech? Have you seen any of this? Couldn't find anybody. But I thought, surely they've reviewed this. Surely this guy has enough common sense to not do the balloon stunt at the beginning of a you know plague. Um, and, and, and I thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll let it ride. It'll be okay. Lunch was, you know, we're eating lunch or whatever, whatever. And then they did a couple of awards and this, and they finally introduced this guy and he bounds on stage. Hey, how's everybody doing? And I, I said, nope. I noped right out of that room because I, I heard the tone in his voice and I knew very was, schlocky. I know I, I do that. Right. I, it takes right. no one. And I knew exactly what he was going to say. Exactly, Good morning, everybody. Oh my God. And I'm like, no, and I just, I, I was, I was a little terrified and I'm trying to tell everybody at my table, get out of this room. He's going to fill these balloons with everyone's hot, you know, breath and you're going to release them. What? No, he wouldn't do that. God. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm being paranoid. Maybe he's going to get to that point in the speech and go, normally this is where I tell everyone to inflate their balloons and release them. But we're not going to do that because, well, play. He did not, in fact, skip that part. He did, in fact, tell everyone to blow up the balloons, people who didn't know what was coming. And then they released them. And so here we are at the first day of the Gamma Expo, just as COVID-19 is starting to spread. And we've all blown, not me, but everybody else in attendance apparently has blown air into these hot red balloons and has now let them release. And so everyone's drinks and lunches and everything was completely inundated with any germ that was in those balloons. Oh, it was horrifying. Um, Oh, my God. Dude, I would would have cried (laughs) so fucking hard. You know, you know, like when you're a kid and it's like earthquake drill, everybody under the table. Dude, I would have fucking I don't know what I would have done. I would have gone somewhere. The entire show, oh shit it all week, right? Because we're all like, well, well, are we infected now? Or is it? But again, it sort of added to the atmosphere of the show, which where everyone there just shrugged and said, well, I'm here. If I'm going to be exposed, I'm already exposed. So let's just have fun and do some business. See what we can do to get this over with. Oh, God. Um, so you know, more power to you, dude. I don't. I couldn't have done it. It was a, it was a real communal thing, though. Like I said, the vibe at the show was unlike any any I've ever been to. It, it, it was really unique and and really fun. And and even though there was this giant specter looming in the background of of certain doom and and painful death, everyone's like, man, well, let's have some fun while we're at it. And so a lot of business was done. A lot of drinks were had. And and you know, overall, it was one of the better gamma trade shows that that we've ever had. Uh, at first, we were all worried it was going to be akin to uh, Gamma Trade Show 95 in Miami, which was the worst one up to that point. Um, that was before my time. Oh, boy. So the Gamma Trade Show 95, uh, The this is before I was on the board of directors, but apparently somebody in the Gamma staff back then dropped the ball and didn't actually book a location for the Gamma Trade Show. <laughs> and and so it came to a to an oh shit kind of moment and so they said they called a, a travel agent and said look we need a we need to have a trade show we need to be you know somewhere international and maybe warm and do all this other stuff and she says i got you there's this hotel in miami sent you know this is again pre-internet pre pre any of that stuff this is 25 years ago and and they you know they said well this is great we'll trust her this woman's good or whatever and so we they, they booked the show silency they're like nope we're just gonna have the show it's gonna be great well, we all show up to the hotel and it's um, 
it's a hotel, all right, and it's in a demilitarized zone uh, of Miami, and it has double layer concertina wire fencing around it, double fencing. You can only get in and out of the hotel compound through an armed guard at the gate. Um, oh, that sounds good. Oh, it, oh, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, that's gaming industry at its best right there, man. So, you know, all night long, we're we're hunkered down in a hotel, tried to drink while there's gunshots and sirens back and forth all outside. This is 1995, right? This is real life Miami Vice. It's still going on at this right. point. And we're in the middle of it. And it was... You know, the hotel wanted us all to leave in the middle of the day to go be tourists or something so they could, I don't know, clean the hotel. We're like, uh-uh. Oh, no. 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 you No. Oh, but there's a great restaurant right over there outside. The- no. No. Not leaving. Nope. I'll just have a sandwich. No. I'm good. I mean, the show itself was fine because none of us left. We were all sweet. We couldn't do anything but enjoy the show. Um, what was funnier was that about a month before the show, someone noticed, Hey, there are really cheap cruises that leave out of Miami the day after the show wraps on, on Friday. And they're like 199 bucks for these five day cruises. Who wants to go? Yay. A bunch of people, you know, 25, 30 people all signed up. We all got on this boat. And that was fun too, because the boat broke down and the refrigerator went bad and all the food spoiled. So there were bologna sandwiches for lunch. Uh, and, oh, and, then, good. and then, you know, they had to stop for repairs and then the captain's behind schedule. So he's rooster tailing this, this rundown old cruise ship around the Gulf of Mexico. It's like if the show wasn't going to kill you, the cruise was. It was right, uh, right. Good times. Well, well, I mean, <clears throat> well, I'm I'm really glad that for the people who went to Gamma this year and had a good time and, and quite frankly, maybe did some positive business, you know, I'm happy for them because quite frankly, right now, everybody needs it. Boy, you know? howdy. So, I'll tell you. I know, it, man. You know, it's really, it. it's one of the most surreal, and I'm sure for everyone, most surreal days of my life watching the American economy grind to a halt. Yeah. And not just the hobby game industry, which, you know, in and of itself is 95% ground at this point, but it's mm-hmm. not just us, it's everybody else. And this is just starting and man, this is scary. This is real scary stuff. And, uh, it is, I don't, I don't think any of us is going to know, knows how this is going to end. So, well, I mean, you know, it, I wake up every day and I'm like, what now, you know, what now, what's, what's going to be new. And quite frankly, you know, some of the news today I'm hearing had, had, just the slightest tinge of positivity. And and I'm not talking about Bernie dropping out. I'm talking uh, about like maybe flattening the curve a little bit, New York kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, because, but I'll tell you, man, what drives me nuts is there's still fucking idiots all over the place who are just, what's the problem? Why can't I, I just go? I, I don't do Phil for the life of me. I can't figure it out. I well, just, can't. I, see, I grew up in Ohio, so I get the Midwest Western mentality. I, I get it. I get where they're coming from. I get the stubbornness and the resistance to listening to, you know, experts who are smarter than you. I, I get that. But man, this is not a joke. This is no. <laughs> it's going to hit the center of our country like like no nuclear war ever would have. They're, they're so unprepared for it. Right. The ones who are prepared are, are pissing into the wind because nobody's listening. You know, right. oh no, that's a city problem. Ain't no problem out here. Oh, it's going to be your problem out here real soon. Right. Um, right. I mean, I, I, I really don't know what to expect. I mean, there's part of me that goes, we're America. You know, we're the greatest country in the world. You know, it's going to be okay. There's part of me that's trying to remain optimistic, but 
I look at, so let me, let me give you, I woke up this morning and again, I was like, well, what the fuck now? Well, let me tell you what I heard this morning, which drove me bananas. And, you know, I'm not, I've never in my life been as politically, politically, politically vocal as I have been this last probably like 12 to 14 months. You and me both, brother. Dude, and I'm telling you, it's because, and I started thinking about it about a month ago because I I don't know, I was in a conversation with somebody and we, we kind of both hit, I think it was, it was, it was uh, Scott Alden we were talking and we both had kind of that same feeling of like, I'm not a political person. I don't really get to, I vote, you know, but I don't get deeply involved. It's a pain in the ass, you know, and there's, it's always a no win situation, but we both came to this realization that the reason it's happening, at least on our ends, is because we're so fucking angry all the time. We're just so mad at this buffoon. And I, I'm I'm sorry if you're I don't want to offend you. I don't know oh, if you're <laughs> God no. I'm I'm about as lefty as you can get. And, oh, I'm, and I'm just I'm 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 disgusted with with so many things in our country. I, I would take I would um disagree with you with the greatest country on earth moniker and point you toward, uh, you know, several, uh, statute statistics that say otherwise, but that's neither here nor there. Sure. I'm just, I'm speaking from like, I can go down the street, I can grab a sandwich and then I can go to the store and then I can go do business and then I can earn a living. You know, from that standpoint, I feel like this is a wonderful place to live, you know? Sure. Sure. As long as we, you know, act like it, (laughs) you know, the truth of the matter is, is that any country is only as strong as its weakest citizen. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Any country is only as strong as its weakest citizen. And if we're not taking care of our own first and foremost, before we take care of anyone else, then what what good are we? What moral mandate do we carry? What what right do we have to, you know, it, it's a really serious thing. And, and now here we are in a complete lack of leadership where the states are having to step up and say, no, screw this. We're not willing to watch you know, tens of thousands of our citizens in our state die waiting for the feds to do something. I'm right. not a big fan of Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio. I've actually known him for 30 years. I, I used to work in radio back in TV back in Dayton, Ohio, uh, late 80s, early 90s. And, and he was around a lot. And so I got to know the guy. And I'm not a big fan of his work or his politics. But, you know, right now, good grief, he's the leader Ohio needs. He's being absolutely fantastic. In, in being up front and, and, and really getting out in front of this thing. Well, I said the exact same thing about Gavin Newsom, right, yeah. over out here in oh, California. Yeah. So uh, two weeks ago, before he started, really, in my opinion, has done an, a fabulous job of stepping up to the plate. And I hate using those fucking phrases, but I'm going to do it because the guy did it, right? right? Right, right. He just, he was like, fuck it, locked down. All right. We're, and we're doing everything we can to take the right steps. And I feel like it's working. And in two weeks ago, I was like, he's slicky McSlickerson. I fucking hate him. He's just not doing good for whatever. But then, you know, when a, a crisis really happens, you see what some of these guys are made of. And I, I feel like he's not just Johnny politician who left the beaches open, left everything open because he didn't want to upset, you know, stakeholders. You know, and he was like, fuck it. We're, we have to do this. So I appreciate that. It wasn't the shark. It was the mayor. You know, that's that's the right. thing to take away is that, it. you know, the, the, the virus isn't the bad guy. It doesn't care where your political affiliation is. Right. It's, right. How you, it's how you react to it and how you treat your citizens. And so I agree. I, 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 I long for the world that's coming 
I long for the the changes that are going to be to be forced by by people who've had enough and who yeah. who for who politics doesn't matter. You know, in this, it, it, your politics don't matter. We can all agree that that this handling has been botched. And when enough bodies stack up, enough people are going to say, "Look, this is not how I want to live. This is not right." Not, you know, this is this is the American dream for literally no one. Um, <laughs> it's true. And I, I think what's really going to start it, and this is, I hate to say this, but I see this coming as clear as as day, is that the moment this lets up. And the moment that someone decides, okay, now we can go back to life as usual, there will be hundreds and hundreds of lawyers lined up outside of, of clerk's offices at courts to file eviction and foreclosure notices. Oh, for sure. It's, it's going to be, and, and that is going to cause more civil unrest uh, than I think anything else is when... When banks are going to try to, you know, do their bankiest and and lawyers got a lawyer. And when that starts happening, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some serious unrest because, you know, that's coming. Well, it's it, unfortunate. Well, you know, yes, I do agree that it is going to be coming because lawyers are just gross and banks can be gross. Now, granted, they're being lenient right now. And I appreciate that. On a variety of levels that, you know, auto, um, you know, auto loans are being forgiven. I don't want to say forgiven, like you don't have to pay them. All they're doing is saying, don't pay for this chunk of time. It will tack it on to the end. And I think that's great because it gives people some, a little bit of breathing room. You know, it's happening with mortgages. It's happening with a variety of different things, which is great. But at some point, chickens will come home to roost, right? I mean, you're going to have to take care of that, which... You know, and I don't know how the banks are going to handle it, and it's going to be shitty because the people who need to pay these things might be out of work because of because everything shut the fuck down, and like now there's no money coming in. How are they going to pay it? And it's it's a total shit show, dude. It's a shit show. Industry is also going to be you know radically different when things fire back up because there are going to be uh, there are going to be a sizable percentage of game stores that that just won't ever open back up again. I know. They just, I know aren't and it sucks and there are going to it be sucks. there are going to be more than one distributor i believe that will also fall into that category um and not the small guys either i i what i see is i see that it has taken the plague for publishers to finally start offering hey we'll we'll sell you this item at 100 percent of srp and we'll send some money to a game store of your choice mm-hmm which effectively negates all need for distribution all yeah. because that way the publisher isn't losing any money and the game store doesn't have to do anything. Right. They don't have to do anything other than collect, collect money. And, and, and while that's great for stores and terrible distribution, it's also kind of terrible for stores because it's getting consumers to realize that I can do all this at home and I can feel non guilty about it. it's like telecommuting right now, right? Everybody is working from home and the business world as a whole is starting to look at this and go, wait a minute, why didn't we do this decades ago or years at least? And, and I, I predict that offices will start closing, not out of bankruptcy, but because why do we need to pay? Why why do you have the overhead? Right. And I was, I had that exact same conversation about two weeks ago. I'm like, you know, if, if companies are still, 
maneuvering <laughs> or operating, whatever you want to say, in this in this day and age of telecommuting and working from home, I'm sure somebody sitting back going, um, overhead? <laughs> that's a that's a beater. Like, how much do we have to pay to have everybody have internet and computers and like a setup at home? That's gotta be a shit ton less than paying for an office. There's building. Be an absolute glut of office uh, real estate come up and, and right. you know. It's all going to be so different. I mean, none I know, of us knows man. what it's going to look like. It's all going to be so different when all this is over, and we don't even know when this is going to be over. I mean, are we talking June? Are we talking December? Are we are we talking next I, year? I mean, it really could take that long. Nobody knows. I really don't know, but I'll tell you, like the point I was because we go off on a tangent, but I, I think yeah, we both, yeah. but we both completely agree that you know. Shit is not right. It's not right, and the and the leadership is a failure um, from top to bottom in terms of the federal government. I mean, just a failure. And so I woke up this morning, and the first thing I see is this buffoon, this orange turd who's who's trying to lead the country. And when he got into the office, let's be honest with you, the guy thought it was just going to be a party. You know, I'm in charge. I'm got all the ratings. I'm beautiful. I'm. Pr-. You're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. And he woke up. I woke up this morning to hear that he is now blaming the World Health Organization for not jumping on this faster. Yeah, I saw that. And I I just go, okay. anybody got a timeline here? Oh, here it is on the news right here, like immediately following the soundbite of Trump blaming the WHO. You know, it was like it was either January 3rd or January 13th. One of the two. Yeah. And the and and like the the WHO goes, uh, yeah, this is an international pandemic. Get ready, it's going to get bad, <laughs> you know. And that's before all of his. Oh, it's, it's under control. It's one guy from China. All that nonsense. You know, I before right before uh, I left for Reno, I I checked a book out of the library. I'm, I'm a voracious reader, and um, I checked out uh, Phil Rucker's new book called A Very Stable Genius. He's the writer from the, the Washington Post, uh, New York Times, I think, whatever. Uh, Washington Post, and and he the, the book is about up to and including the Mueller report. It's it's just a, a a brief synopsis of the things that have happened, you know, behind the scenes and what was really said and what really happened. And and they really interviewed all these people, and it was fascinating. I read it on the plane down. I I read it on the flight back, and I haven't picked it up since because it. it it's all so hard to believe, and yet I open my eyes, and there it is on my screen already in real time. It it's just bizarro to want to pick up a book to read about current events that are happening <laughs> currently, currently, right? It's <laughs> really bizarro. Usually, you got to wait a few years for the tell all, but the tell all is happening right now. And this I mean, tell-all, it's, it's every day. There's a new gift for comedians all over the world. This 500 page book that's well-written by a respected journalist is instantly outdated the minute he publishes it. Because right. Oh my God. It's just- I know it's a, it's, it's bizarre, man. And you know, it's funny. Cause like, you know, I feel this, my show is relatively new. I mean, we're about, you know, 30 episodes have been published so far, right? You know, and it starts off as this, you know, it's a comedy. It really is an entertain entertainment show. It's a comedy show. If you really want to boil it down, you know, I talk to people about bullshit. We shoot the shit. We, we joke around, whatever it ends up being. Dude, I'm telling you the last like three weeks has just been so uh, Corona and uh, how are you? I dealing? know, right? I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And rightly so. I mean, this is this is the the most impactful and influential event of all of our lives. You know, the, the World War II vets are all mostly gone now. And so we don't have anything remotely like that in our 80 year past history. So now we're all seeing it. You know, how how do we work together in uh, in the modern age when, you know, are we going to work together the way we needed to work together in 1941? Uh, right. Or are we going to uh, do it the way we did in 1933? Yeah, and it's apparently uh, really aiming for 33 all over again. Yeah. I, yeah. It's it's bizarre, man. And I, I really, so my thought on originally, and this was, I would say two weeks ago, I had kind of a, a thought on when this thing was going to get, and I say back to normal, but what I mean by normal is, you know, I think at some point we're going to be able to go back outside without a mask. We're going to still keep our distance. We're going to, you know, still be very cautious and like kind of head on a swivel of what's going on. But I think maybe the store panics will calm down. Um, and and around that, and I don't think we'll have a vaccine by then by any stretch. That's why I say like we're still going to be painfully aware of like not being near other people. Right. But maybe there will be some semblance of... <laughs> quote unquote normality. And I was saying that's going to be around the end of June uh, is, is kind of where my head was at. I think we're going to be locked in our homes for a while, you know? And I, and yeah. And like, now I'm thinking, shit. And that was just like two weeks ago. I was thinking oh, by the end of June, it seems reasonable. Now I don't know if that's still in my head. I mean, we haven't peaked in the country yet and it hasn't hit the, the Mississippi river corridor yet. You know, it, right. It, hit them it, it's actively assaulting them as we speak but it, it you know they're still a couple three weeks off from their worst days and it's i i don't know I, you know i where i live up here near the san juan islands i'm only a, a mile from the ocean and I, I used to live on one of the islands and so i've i've been tied in with the emergency management folks and the disaster relief agencies and whatnot uh, which you, you kind of have to do when you, you live on a remote island in yeah. the, of the salish sea and i've i've stayed friends with them since i've moved back to the mainland and we're talking guys who have 30 years experience prepping for a, a 9.5 earthquake and, and the, you know, the associated tidal wave that's going to come with it. Right. That doesn't scare them. They're ready for that. They know how to handle that. They're terrified of this. They're terrified of this because it's, we're not ready for it. We're not equipped for it. The hospitals aren't equipped for it. Uh, you know, where I live is near Bellingham, Washington, and Bellingham has one hospital, which is currently at maximum capacity. Uh, and, and again, you know, we're in Washington state where they, they took early measures and, and yeah. tried to get ahead of it early. And, you know, yesterday governor Inslee closed the schools for the rest of the year. Well, you don't do that if it's getting better, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Down here as well. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I'm trying to get this across to people that I, I don't get my, my sources from the news. I get my sources from fire chiefs and, right. you know, people who know what they're looking at. And if those guys are worried, oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, they're terrified. We should be terrified. And this isn't over anywhere near over by a long shot. So we're, we're in for a really long haul on this and, and just sitting back and watching people poo poo. It makes me mental. Oh my God. It absolutely makes me mental. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's shocking. And you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I feel, you know, my wife and I talk about it probably every day, right? Every day. And it makes me feel bad because, you know, I live in a community where I've, I've been for about six years in, in Southern California. 
and you know you have your neighbors everybody's lovely <laughs> you know you you well for the most part the assholes down the street well they can suck it but for the most part everybody's lovely and you know you get along with you know your neighbors you consider them friends and then you know the stuff goes down and you're walking around your neighborhood you know cuz we we do go for a walk uh, on occasion around our neighborhood we don't stray out and we do keep our distance and right now we're wearing masks when we, if we go out period same here um, you know but i think you know i you know we got the the kids and we got the dog i can't stay literally in the house 24/7 we got to get out a little bit but we're being incredibly cautious right. but then i see fucking people who oh, are literally 11 houses away and it's just like nothing happened it's like nothing. The, all the kids are playing together. All the adults are drinking together um, in the middle. Um, I'm like, what here, in the fuck? We live in a in a subdivision that's um, kind of remote. We live in a, a relatively agricultural county to begin with, and we so this the subdivision's out in the middle of cornfields, and it's mostly Russians and Ukrainians. We're very very much in the minority living here. And, and it's staggering because we're locked down and yet those kids think it's just an extended spring break and they, they just don't care. And when I've mentioned it to him, you know, you guys are supposed to be in lockdown. Oh, that's not real. My data says that's not real. Or Jesus says that's not real or whatever. I mean, it just makes me sick. I'm like, okay, well. Well, it's, it, to me, like it's, it's become now the, the same argument as vaccinating, right? Where, the anti-vaxxers, and I'm not going to go down like ex- that whole rabbit hole, but to me, it's a very similar scenario where the anti-vaxxers want, they're they're counting on everybody else to get vaccinated <laughs> so that they don't have to. These fucking people now are like, everybody's just counting on everybody else staying in so they can go out. And it's driving me nuts because you know I, I hate it. And so... I don't know what to. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to yell. <laughs> I guess on this show, <laughs> I got no other play. I got no other outlets, man. I like this to stay it. in my backyard and scream at clouds. God damn you, clouds! God damn you! I mean, you know that's what. I, maybe I should. Maybe I should just go out in the backyard, not in the front, because I got to be anonymous, right? I go out in the backyard and I'll just start yelling. And then you know we have mountains all around us, and shit. The sound bounces out over everywhere. No one will know where it's coming from. That's right. But I'll just tell everybody, stay the fuck inside. Blame it on mountain lions, right? Just blame it on mountain lions. I, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have to come to that. So, yeah. all right, enough of this Corona stuff. Ah, whatever. So, <laughs> Like so what important topic in our lives right now or anything but well sure. i mean we're inundated with it 24 7 at this are. point right and i mean you know like to the extent where you know we talk to our kids and we're like well this is what's going on i mean you know i'm not going to hide it from me but i'm not going to give you the terrifying news either that's you know i'm not going to show you the body bags that are coming out of new york but at the same time you know yeah. they I mean, they're aware of it is, is an eight-year-old second grader going on 30 Right, he listens to it. He voluntarily listens to NPR, and anytime he can find a newspaper, he sits there and reads it like an old man. It's it's, it's right. cool and terrifying to watch at the same time. It's and, scary cool. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't want to tell him no. Don't listen to NPR because it's NPR, and he can learn all right. kinds of stuff. But he's really up to date. He knows his stuff. He's not. A, he's afraid like the rest of us. But yeah. you know, for a for an eight year old man, he's really on top of it, and and we're so proud of him. Uh, we, we were on the phone with his teacher this morning for a while because school's canceled. And so they're like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> so she's just going to keep calling every couple of days. 
right. say hi to well, well, let me ask you, because I've uh, mine are both eight as well. And so I did not realize we we're in that exact same boat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how are you dealing with the school thing? Because that's that's a whole nother beast. Well, because we're know, closed. We're closed as well down here. We, we are closed. We closed. Uh, let's see. I came back from Reno on the 13th and they were only open that following Monday was their last day. Uh, come in, clean it up and, and shut it down. So he's been home ever since. And, and you know, we've been doing, uh, you know, a worksheet here, there. The school district is like, mm-hmm. look, our first priority is make sure everybody has food because a, a, a sizable portion yeah. of the community up here gets, you know, the kids get their food from the lunches school. and the breakfast yeah. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So that was their number one priority. Uh, and they got all on top of that, which is great. Uh, and then after that, they said, you know, we'll make we'll make education like fourth on the list because we have to make sure that that the staff has work and that the build, buildings are secure and we're following protocols and everybody's getting, you know, food. Mm-hmm. And, all that. Uh, and so we just, you know, he he messes around with Khan Academy. Uh, Code Spark is one of his favorites. We give him iPad time constantly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and he's he's so competent with all of that. And he's so comfortable and advanced with it that we don't really press him or we don't you know force him into three hours of handwriting every day or whatever he shows right 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 and we let him play skyrim and so now he's well now he's skyrim obsessed so (laughs) So okay two to six hours of skyrim a day on the xbox and it's it is fine because you know it's not rotting his brain or anything he's a level 97 character right now he's found a way to min max this thing and holy it, shit oh, dude it's staggering it's absolutely staggering to watch my son play skyrim because so, he has, he's he's gotten into the mods right there's all these downloadable yep, mods you can absolutely get free and you know you can test them and maybe they crash your game maybe they don't right. and so I, I showed him how to do a load order and how to really carefully manage your mods and make sure you're not overstressing the system and all that and he he took to it like a duck to water and so now he's in there modding the game to do his bidding he, he found some download that lets him have unlimited followers and they're immortal. So he has his own personal army that fucking <laughs> follows him around now. He wanders <laughs> into somewhere. He doesn't fight dragons anymore. He just lets his minions fight them. And and every time he picks one of them up, he feels guilty because they have such crappy armor. And he's like, oh, man, your armor is really awful. Here, let me set you up. And he'll take them to the nearest Ethereum Forge and forge them all this brilliant, legendary Sky, uh, Stalrim armor, which is this. Right complete max top of the line armor and his his entire horde is dressed in this shining green glass <laughs> and he's got like three dogs he's got a a, a dwarven uh, bb8 that follows him around he's got a um, uh the luggage you know from uh, from uh disc world the uh, uh, rinse wind right the, mm-hmm. the luggage that follows him you can download that and he has this this chest on eight legs that follows him around with infinite storage so he has lots of houses, but he doesn't put anything in them. He just throws them all into the chest. And just so his chest has like like 107 tons of stuff in it. It's just everything he finds, he throws into his chest. Oh, he's it, there's no over encumbrance <laughs> when you have mods. Come on. No. So yeah, now he's got a he's got a rain uh, he's got a bow called Rainbow that shoots actual fucking rainbows. <laughs> And and they're so powerful that if he hits anything within about 30 or 40 feet of his character, it knocks him out unconscious. That's how powerful this thing is. So he one-shots so, dragons with it when he's bored and he doesn't want to bother his minions. Oh, they're busy. I'll take care of it. Zod. It's funny because you bring up Skyrim. And first of all, you're doing it right. Oh, you're, you're parenting, check. You're doing it right. 
Well, I mean, and look, here's the thing. So, you know, we're, we're doing the same bit. Like, we're in the same boat, right? I mean, we, you know, what do you do when you can't sit there and make the kids, like, you know, write sentences for, like you said, for like three hours. So we're doing the same bit. We have all the educational programs going on. We have a schedule throughout the day. Yeah. And they do their bit. They do this for a half hour, that for a half hour, then they have an hour of this, then they have a break, and then they do another half, then they have lunch, and whatever whatever the educational tools were giving them. But, you know, it's funny, because at the, at the end of the day, the end of the school day, which is about three o'clock, immediately, they're like, all right, we got to go play. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck yeah, go for it. Because I'm, vi- I'm a video game guy. It's in my DNA. It always has been, always will be. And, you know, Skyrim is one of those games where... I think I've purchased it now six times <laughs> and I'm not kidding. So here you go. Every time it's on a new platform, you got to get it. We've, we've only had it on Xbox and now Xbox one, uh, right. well, 360 and then one, but we've played it for what? Nine years, 10 years now. It's, it, it's, it's still good, man. It's still viable. And the downloads you can get for it. The, the mod community out there is just astonishing. The stuff you can get and that, the, the creativity that's still going on with this game is, is what impresses me the most. And uh, it still looks good. It holds up great. because I have the version you're talking about. Like I, I played it on the 360, you know, cause I was, I'm an elder scrolls fan. I love the whole world. It's, it's, it's beautiful. The music is some of the best I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, you know, and then like played it on the 360, then played it on the Xbox, played on the PlayStation four. And then, but I, then my buddy of mine um, got a, the uh, VR version for me one year. Oh, wow. And so, that's insane because <laughs> wow, okay. I mean, it's not quite as pretty, but Jesus, you are in Skyrim, man. And that is impressive like nothing else. Oh, but yeah. the version you're talking about with the, um, uh, it's like the, fuck, I forget what it's called, but it's like that you know, anniversary special edition or whatever it special is. Edition, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just has, and I haven't gone back to it in about a year at this point. And at that time, the list of mods, you could just, like you said, you just click on what you want and people are putting shit up there all the time. It was it was overwhelming at the time, so I can't imagine what it is now. Yeah, one of one of his favorite ones is somebody did one called Ragnarok, which gives you Mjolnir, an actual Mjolnir, which is a staggeringly good weapon. Please, please explain what it is, because someone's like, huh? Mjolnir is you know Thor's hammer from yes, the, the Marvel you. movies or Thor or what have you. Well, Mjolnir is a supremely powerful weapon. Uh, in the Marvel verse, and in this game, it's it, it's stupidly powerful. But it also comes with Stormbreaker, the uh, the two handed version of the axe, and the one handed version, and Thor's armor in both light and heavy versions. Um, so hmm. you know now what he'll do is uh, to test out some mods. We'll start a level one character, go find this chest out in the forest, and you're instantly a level one character with this badass armor and weaponry. And uh, there's another mod you can download that gives you this this house out in the woods that in a chest hidden underground is 65,000 gold. So you can start level one in unbreakable armor, a massive weapon and 65K in your wallet. Okay. I'm, I'm, so here's the thing. I'm definitely going to go, First I'm going to go back to it today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really am. I got I, I don't remember if I have the special edition on the Xbox or the PlayStation. I don't remember, but I have it. I think it's on Xbox actually. Um, I'm going to go back to it today because I want to see some of this. It's been a while. I think it's time. It's really, really good. You just, you just got to be careful, especially if you're running on the Xbox One. You can only run about 40 or 50 mods before it becomes too much. Yeah, it does. They even tell you that like it may crash or something like that because, yeah, you, you, you do have to. And they all have to be in a very specific load order when they when they load from yeah. startup. And, and- oh, I do have the Xbox because I remember they say if you run mods, there's no achievements. 
there's no achievements exactly so it is the xbox yeah well i mean look that that is i like i i'm, I'm a big fan and so here what i was saying with you know it's in my dna right it's now been passed down to my children and okay. here's why which is the right thing right i mean you hope and pray and then it then it ends up happening so this morning i'm so if you're familiar with skyrim you're probably familiar with a variety of RPGs, whether it be action or JRPG or, or what what have you. I am familiar, yes. <laughs> I assumed so. Good man. So I, I love, the personally, I love the Dragon Quest series. I think it's great. It's not my favorite series of all time, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for it. So uh, I've, you know, again, one of those, like, I've bought it like three times now. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, the latest in the Dragon Quest line. Um, originally played it on the PlayStation 4, now have it on the Switch, blah, 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 blah. Matter of fact, we have two copies on the Switch for some reason. Um, so my my eight-year-old finished uh, the main storyline today at like 96 hours. <laughs> now, I shouldn't be saying that out loud that he spent 96 hours, but this is over time, right? right, right. But he spent 96 hours, his very first RPG played from beginning to end, and I'm incredibly proud <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm very proud of the kid. Chance doesn't have much of a choice because his mother and I are both professional nerds. You know, she, right? She was the original chainmail girl and um, and still works in the industry on and off. And and you know, she runs uh, JBM Press, which is our home business where we you know make T-shirts and sell them at cons and all that. He just goes with us. Any convention we've ever gone to, then since he's been alive, he just goes with us. Everyone's like, "Oh, nice. who's your son when you're working?" Well, nobody. He lives under the table. Right. And we're, selling, we're selling shirts at the commies right there. So we, we figured out the other day that that he's been to roughly 112 conventions. And he's oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Right, he's got he's eight and he has uh, 10 Gen Con badges. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, you know, that's impressive, man. I, yeah. I've, I've always talked about like, you know, because I'm in San Diego. So it's like, well, when do I take the kids to SDCC? And first of all, I feel like that is straight up child abuse. If you take a child to SDCC, like oh, that's they can, abuse anymore. Good grief, dude. They, I mean, you got to be able to like defend yourself yeah. <laughs> if you go to Comic-Con. The last yeah. time I went to San Diego was 2007. And I know well, yeah. I'm like, you know, it, this is all even then I was like, this is so insanely big and cumbersome and mm -hmm. hard to get around. And I just now I've been back. That, you know, it was big in 07 was big. I mean, that's when it started, you know, making the shift. A couple of years prior to that is when it started making the shift to like this phenomenon where, you know, prior to that in the 90s, I would go down there on a Saturday and buy a ticket and then yeah. walk in, yeah. you know. Yeah. But now it's just become that gross. I, I'm not a fan anymore. I can't be because you, you know, my experience with Comic-Con over the last, you know, decade and a half has been working. And when you're down there, it's miserable to work in, number one. Number two, you can't really do what we do. <laughs> you can't demo games. You can't showcase stuff because the attention span is about a second and a half of any given attendee. Well, and everybody's in line for Hall H to see whatever the new movie hotness is. Exactly. And everybody's in line in Hall H. But as, a, as an employee down there, now luckily when I went down there the last probably like five, six years, it's either been for panels or just meetings and then I'm out. Like I'm not... You know, I wasn't doing any of the other nonsense, but man, you just can't get away from it at Comic-Con. Like you're in the convention center, you're in it. Like it's, you're expected to be like nuts to butts with everybody. But when you leave the convention center, it's not unreasonable to think that you should be kind of away from the crowd. And that's just uh, not the case. No, uh, nice try. 
No. Like at least Gen Con, you know, you go to Gen Con, you're in the you're in the show hall. It's busy, right? There's a lot of folks in there. There's parts work. It's very crowded. But then when you leave, you can at least go like a block in any given direction and you're like, I can breathe, <laughs> you know, but <sighs> Comic-Con, man. So I, I, I've always looked at Comic-Con as a fire hazard. Now, maybe oh, that's just because I was raised by a it, firefighter and I'm always looking is. for the exit every time I walk in a room. But even, you know, 12, 13 years ago now, the last time I was there, I, I was looking for the exit everywhere I was because all it takes is one wackadoo with a Molotov cocktail and boom, you've got a stampede on your hands. And, and I, I just, I, even back then I couldn't stand the thought of what would happen. You know, that was, well, it's, it's funny you say that because when I used to go down there and like work the booth when I was with upper deck, I would tell people like during setup, but we had a pretty good area the last few years to where we were right near an entrance and against a wall. Yeah. So all it wasn't like people we're up against that, that back left corner was where all the game people, they all fought for years for uh, proximity to those fire exits along that North well, Northwest I, wall. Well, it's true. And the thing is, yeah. I would tell people like, you know, while there's no, while there's not 150,000 attendees in this convention center, let's talk for a moment. I go, if something happens, cause it, I hate to say it, but I think it's inevitable that something will happen there at okay. some point. But I said, if anything ever happens and something goes down and people start running, don't run yet. Get to the, just stand against the back wall that we're on. Let the stampede go through. And then we're right by the door. <laughs> then go to the door. But like, yeah. you got to back off because we're going to get trampled if we try to make, you know, make haste. Right. right. And it sucks. But man, man, what are you going to do? Well, great minds, right? I mean, we're thinking this. Uh, I'm going to wave at clouds some more. <laughs> 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 so what's next for you buddy what do you what do you got coming up what do you, you got know, going I on know. i am i am currently a class five free roaming vapor i uh, know i know and i'm sorry to hear that by the way you know these things happen and and that's okay i i wish golden the best of luck and it was a good three and a half year run and i certainly made a name for myself there and and brought yeah. gold to the forefront for a lot of people who didn't even know they existed uh, before right. i got there and started screaming uh, but you know, um, we'll see what happens next. I, I don't know. I don't, you know, it, it nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's the thing right now. It's a weird question. To, it's a weird predicament to be in because right now you're like, well, I don't know. We got something else that needs to shake out first. I, <laughs> you in, know, in every aspect of, of our life here in the house has, has been put on hold because JBM press, normally this is the time of year we're ramping up and doing a lot of regional cons and, and shipping our shirts out a lot, zero sales and, and zero conventions. You know, none of that has, um, none of that's happened. Our, all of our cons have canceled. Uh, our, and, and so our sales have stopped there. Uh, I don't currently have a job in the hobby game industry anymore, but who knows what the hobby game industry is going to look like when we get done. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, this is such a weird, weird place to be where it, it's, it's a 100% blank slate ahead of me. I, I have no idea where I'm going to land or what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. and a lot of us are in that same boat, like no, and, and people with jobs right now, Probably in, in like, I don't want, I definitely won't name names, but I've spoken to people who are, you know, technically working in the industry right now. And they're like, I don't know, because, you know, if, if everything goes under, well, what, who, who am I going to work with? You know, kind of thing, because it's a domino effect. And I, I, it makes me so sad because there's so many good people from the, 
from the ground up, you know, from the, and I don't even want to say like from the bottom to the top, because there is no bottom to the top. You have stores and they rely on, you know, publishers and publishers rely on distributors and distributors rely on stores. It's, it's a, it's a very nice circle of life. It is. It is. You know? And right now I'm going to rely on, you know, planting my garden and uh, raising my chickens and uh, hoping that, hoping that an actual convention happens this season, you know, this 2020 may be the convention season that didn't happen. And that's yeah, I'm, really, really, really uh, a sobering thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, the convention season has been part of our lives. I've been to every Gen Con since 1985. This will be wow. my 36th one now or something. Um, you know, my wife and I were married at Gen Con 2009 by Mike Webb from Alliance. Uh, right. You know, he married us. Mm-hmm. So listed event 2009 Gen Con, it was, you know, we, we've just been, it's been a regular routine of my life since I was 15 years old. And if Gen Con doesn't happen this year, it may break something in my brain. I don't know. No, I know, man. I not go. What do you mean? This isn't going to happen. What what do you, if again, there's no, there's no word that it's the case, but let's be realistic. It's April. Gamma has a May 1st go, no go date for origins. And if they get to May 1st and it doesn't look like they can get into the Columbus convention center because, Oh, I don't know. It's being used as an emergency hospital, which it's currently being set up to do. I, I, I I mean, it's, it's just, it's looking really well. Well, let me, let me tell you, man, you know, (laughs) we were just talking about Comic-Con guess what the convention center down here is being used for right now. It's housing all the homeless. It's it's literally they're inside the convention center. There's beds set up. There's, you know, it's, it's a hospital slash medical facility. Well, yeah, I guess they're kind of the same, but it's housing the homeless. And dude, we're in, what are we in? Like April? (laughs) I mean, that's in, that thing's in July. I mean, I, it ain't going to happen. You know, and I don't think it, my personal opinion, and I'm not happy about it, but I don't think there's an origins. I don't think there's a Gen Con and Quite honestly, and I I can only speak to the public health issue. I'm not going to speak to like, well, it's going to impact the 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 small stores and it's going to impact the publishers and distributors. Yes, it will. It certainly will, and it won't impact you in any good way. But if we go to a place and people just start dying, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot worse. So I. It sucks, man. It sucks all around. Good times. Good, good times. Time. <laughs> well, look, buddy, you know, we uh if you need anything from from me, man, I'm I'm happy to help in any way. I've I've like you said, I haven't known you for, you know, 15 years, but we worked together briefly when I was doing the thing and you were doing the thing and yeah. um, I've always appreciated your uh is spunk the right word? You know, I call it the no bullshit zone. Is is I just I ain't got time for bullshit. So some people are like, "Wow, you're feisty." No, I just I'm just brutally honest about a lot. Yeah, I like that. See and, that I like that. That's how I try to shoot myself. You know, I and just uh, up for what I believe in because I think that your convictions say something about you know yeah. who you are, and I have a lot to say about stores that are continuing to stay open and other continuing <laughs> yeah. to stay open during this crisis. But again, that's um, that's between you and your God at that point, I suppose. <laughs> Who you might meet shortly. Who you might, you know. And I, I'm, hey. I'm, I'm done being angry and, and arguing with people about this because right. nobody listens anyway. So what's the point? <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Uh, All right, man. Well, listen, you just take care of your chickens. 
you take care of that uh, Skyrim player, and you take care of your family, and you take care of yourself. Same with you, brother, and good luck to you, and I hope to speak to you soon. Absolutely.